Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Today is our third week in a series, One for All and All for One. The idea of this series is that Jesus is the one that died for the sins of the world. He is the one. Say the one. Jesus is the one. And as followers of Jesus, we we represent the all for one. The all for one. As we serve Jesus out of our gratitude and our love for what he did for each and every one of us. It's why we come and worship together. Because we're honoring God. We're glorifying him for his sacrifice and for his goodness. Today's message is focusing on uh, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. And as you know, this 1 Corinthians is not an easy book to, uh, to do a series on. But I think we've been enjoying it, and it's been a lot of fun. And uh, today's message is focused on chapter 12. I encourage you, if you have your Bibles, if, um, we're going to have the Scriptures up, but if you have your Bibles, feel free to open them up and just remain there because that's where we're going to stay is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In this chapter, Paul replies to a question from the church in Corinth regarding uh, the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. We don't have the actual question. We just know that Paul's replying to that question. Paul's desire was for the church to, be, to better understand the purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I want, you to, I want to start today at verse 3. And you can follow along. We're going to go, go through verse 6 today. And before we start reading God's word, I know we pray a lot in church, but that's okay because I need to continue to just speak and talk to God. Amen? Amen. So, Lord, we thank you for your word today as we prepare to read it. God, I never want to miss the opportunity to ask and invite the power of your Holy Spirit to reveal the words that are written. Lord God, reveal that into our hearts and mind uh, in a fresh and a new way. Let it not just be words on a page that don't make a lot of sense, but God, I pray that they take life, that they take breath, that they start to resonate in our spirit, and we would understand, Lord God, your word in a new and a fresh way that changes us, Lord God. We thank you for your word in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Let's look at chapter 12, beginning at verse 3. It says, so I want you to know, and this is the Apostle Paul speaking, To the church in Corinth, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is a source of them all. And that's a really important point I want you to remember. The same Spirit is a source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Paul is laying a foundation on how God works. We must remember that the Greeks came from a culture of serving idols. They had multiple gods. They had a God who controlled the light. They had a God who controlled the uh, time. They had a God who controlled the darkness. The list can go on and on. They had all these different gods that controlled different things. So if you, if I, as I share that, it had been really easy to understand how the Corinthian, the people of Corinth who had become uh, followers of Christ, how easy it would be for them to see spiritual gifts as different gods. But Paul wanted them to understand that there is only one God who is a source of all the different spiritual gifts. And it is through his spirit that we have been given these wonderful gifts. So one spirit, and it is the spirit of God. Paul doesn't want 
the people to go back to their thinking of multiple gods. And you think, man, we don't really live in that culture. I think we do live in that culture. I think we very much live in that culture, people. And I, I'm going off, but that's okay. We've got plenty of time. We just have a storm coming. If we get trapped in the church, it's all good. Um, I think we do that. We might not call them idols. We might not. But I do. I feel like we have certain things that we put our trust here in. And we put our trust over here in these things. And we put our trust in our 401k over here. And, and we put our trust in the... No, we don't put our trust in the government. When we put our trust in... Um, <laughs> But you see how we, diff- we compartmentalize different things? And, and what Jesus wants and what Paul is talking to the people of Corinth, we put our trust in God alone. Because all the other things at any moment could disappear. I'm just telling you right now, they could. And if they disappear, where will you be? For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Our trust will be in God alone. That was free right there. Paul in this passage of scripture refers to the triune nature of God. God the Father, we call it the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It is God's Spirit who gives us these different special spiritual gifts that we have in our lives. These gifts do not come from multiple gods, but from the one God, Yahweh, who is the source of all things. If you remember earlier in chapter 8, Paul discussed the subject of offering meats to idols. And a lot of people in Corinth were struggling eating meat that had been offered to idols because of one reason. Paul says, some believers were still accustomed to thinking that idols as being real. This was something Paul had to continually remind the Corinthian believers. There is but one God, and it is through his spirit that we have been blessed with these spiritual gifts. Another important truth to remember that comes from verse 6, is that God works in different ways. Many times we as believers, we want to try to limit God. We want to put God in our box. If he fits in our box, it's fine. But if he goes outside my box, that doesn't work for me. We must push past this limited thinking Otherwise, what will happen, and I want you to listen closely because I think you're going to catch something here that's really important for us as followers of Christ. If we don't push past that limited thinking, what will happen, we'll find ourselves not serving God, but serving an image of God that is made up by our thinking and our desires. Did you catch that? We can start serving a God that we have created in our own mind, in our own thoughts. I believe it's why God has given us his written word. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light unto my path. It's to keep us on the right path, on the right direction. Because sometimes our thinking gets stinking. Stinking thinking. Sometimes it needs to be cleared out. See, remember, idols are made by man's thinking. And they are limited according to man's thinking. So whatever you make as an idol in your own life, it is limited to your ability and to your power. But when I serve God, the Almighty One, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, His name is Yahweh, the I Am, guess what? There is no limitation to His power. That is why I'd rather put my faith and my trust in Him and not in myself. Because myself doesn't go very far, guys. I'm just telling you right now. It ends. 
Not with Jesus. It lasts for all of eternity. We must be careful to never make God our idol. God is above and beyond anything that we can ever imagine or create. That Hebrew name, and I already mentioned it, for God in the Old Testament is Yahweh. Meaning, I am. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the alpha. Brett already referred to it. And the omega. He is everything in between. There is no other but God. This is what makes the words of Jesus so powerful in the New Testament. When he declares, I am Yahweh. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is God. There is only one God in whom we serve. All our blessings, all of our spiritual gifts are given by him. If you think of anything else that's different, that somehow I get from here and I get from here and I get from here, and if I serve this religion over here and, I'm, and then I'll throw Jesus in. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. There is one God. His name is Jesus. Paul in verse 3 reveals to the believers that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will deny or curse Jesus. Because the Spirit and Jesus are one. Even though there is a triune, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are one. And so the Spirit cannot speak something that is derogatory to to the name of Jesus because they are one. It doesn't work that way. And no one else can truly declare Jesus as Lord except by the gift of the Spirit of God within you. That's what really resonates that he is Lord. Let's continue by reading verses 7 through 11. It says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. That's a key verse right there, guys. I want you to, I'm going to read it one more time and we're going to continue to read, but I don't want you to miss this key verse. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Say, help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice, to another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. While another person is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes All these gifts. He alone, he alone, God alone, decides which gift each person should have. Paul begins in verse 7 by giving us the purpose for the spiritual gifts that we have. And I shared that before. What is the purpose? The purpose of the different spiritual gifts is not to serve God, but to serve one another. It's to serve one another. And sometimes I think we get that really confused and, and mixed up. It's to serve one another. It's just help out with each other. Now, this doesn't mean that we aren't serving God when we serve one another. In fact, it's the exact opposite. The word of God says, or Jesus actually says, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. When we serve others, we're serving Christ. We're the hands and the feet of Jesus. The Holy Spirit has given us many gifts for this one purpose. Of serving one another. The spiritual gifts were never given to glorify oneself. The purpose is to bring glory to God by helping one another. Spiritual gifts are not something that we can buy or that we can even earn. They are given to us by God. 
The Holy Spirit is the one who decides what gift each person should have. Guess what? It's not your choice. It's God's choice. In this chapter, Paul gives us a list of different spiritual gifts. I read a lot of those spiritual gifts, and he gives us that list. It's not the only place that we find the spiritual gifts. We also find it in Romans chapter 12 and Ephesians chapter 4. And Peter writes in 1 Peter 4.10, he writes these words. He says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. I love that thought. His great variety of spiritual gifts. I kind of think for whatever reason, it's like God goes in this massive garage. You know what? Tom's going to need this today. I'm going to give that to him today because I know what he's going to be facing. This is a spiritual gift for him that he's going to need for today. He says, use them to serve one another. See, I grew up thinking, and maybe some of you and maybe some of you still do, I grew up thinking there was a limited number of gifts. Thank you. But I don't believe Paul or any of the other writers of the Bible ever intended to give us a comprehensive gift. The idea is that God has given us spiritual gifts to be used for his glory. Many times what we try to do in our lives, we try to put limitations on spiritual gifts or limitations on what God can do. Don't limit God because God works by empowering his people through his spirit through the gifts that he gives to each and every person. I mean, there's not a, there's not a uh, spiritual gift in singing that's listed in the Bible. But you can't tell me that Sarah doesn't have a spiritual gift of singing. Do you know what I'm saying? When she sang that song, oh, my goodness, it's like chills. There's a spiritual gift on her to use that voice in a beautiful way. All of our worship team has a spiritual gift to be able to be used for God. God desires that we serve him not by our own strength, by his strength, through the power of his Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do the work of the ministry. Now beginning in verse 12, Paul uses the human body as an illustration for the body of Christ. And it's a very interesting passage of Scripture. We're not going to read all of it. We're going to read some of it. But it's very interesting how he uses the human body to illustrate this is what the body of Christ should look like. Paul wants the believers in Corinth to understand That the body of Christ is both diversified and unified. It both has diversity, but it doesn't mean that it's not supposed to be in unity. I don't know if you've noticed, but God did not create us all the same. We're all unique. And we're unique for a purpose. And our diversity doesn't mean that we can't be unified. And I think so many times we miss this important truth that so many people just pass right on through. Diversity doesn't mean that we cannot be unified. We can be very different and yet serving one God. Diversity and unity go hand in hand. Paul uses the human body as an example of diversity and unity. Look at verses 12 and 13. He says, the human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Do you know the human body is made up of 35 trillion cells? And that there's over 7,500 names for the different body parts that we have? 
That's a lot. Think about that. Think about the physical body and how intricate it is and how many different things there is. And now think of the spiritual body, the body of Christ. Throughout history, the body of Christ is made up of millions, if not billions, of people. All different and unique. If you think from all time, all different, very unique. We wouldn't understand certain cultures at all. But we're all unified together. How? Because we are unified together by the Spirit of God. We serve one God, the Spirit of Christ. I love John's description of the body of Christ in Revelation chapter 7. Listen, just listen. I'm not going to put it on the screen. Just listen to these words. And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Can you get that picture? There's going to be a day where we will be with people from from Africa, from Asia, from first century, and we'll all be standing together worshiping the one God. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb of God. That is the kind of God we serve. Paul wants to declare to the people of Corinth This is the God. It's not multiple gods. This is our God. And we stand together in unity. Let's continue reading 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. Paul writes, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. Paul continues with the same idea of the other parts of the body. He he talks about the eye and the ear. He, He goes through that whole process. And the point that Paul is making is that each part is important for that body to function and to operate correctly. Every part is important. We can't all be the same. Diversity is what makes the body work. And diversity is what makes the body of Christ work. Can you imagine a human body with only a nose? Just a big old nose. It wouldn't be able to see. It wouldn't be able to taste. It wouldn't be able to hear. It, when it had a cold, it wouldn't be able to wipe, wipe its nose because it has no hands. It would be very difficult. It's just a nose. I think about these crazy things. See, the church functions best when it is diversified and unified for the purpose of glorifying God. That's when it functions best. It doesn't function best when we have bring all the same likeness and all the same people and all the same giftings into the church. No, it functions best when we have diversity, diversity and unified under one thing, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes in verse 18, he says, But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. I love that verse. And God has put each part just where he wants it. The part of this scripture that jumps out to me is that. He puts each part just where he wants it. It seems like many times we struggle with where God puts us. We're not satisfied. Why'd you put me here, God? I'm not saying we shouldn't continue to grow or strive for God to, get, uh, to allow us to have more or to, to be able to do more. 
but not at the expense of being ungrateful for what God has given us. We're going to go somewhere here today, and I hope it's going to set some people free and help some others. It appears what's happening in the church in Corinth that some people were not satisfied with the spiritual gifts that God had given them. They were looking at other people's gifts. Oh, man, look at those gifts. Paul, in this illustration of the human body, shares the absurdity of complaining about which spiritual gifts you have been given. They're all important to God, each and every one of them. If God himself has given you the spiritual gifts, you should embrace it and use it for his glory. Catch this thought. Jealousy of others will only diminish the gift that God has already given you. Jealousy of others will only diminish your gift that God has given you. When you harbor jealousy in your heart and you have jealousy for someone else's gift or what someone else is doing, that gift that God has already given to you starts to decline and to disappear because you're not focusing on your gift, you're focusing on someone else's gift. Does God continue to give us spiritual gifts? Absolutely, 100%. But God gives more to those who have used their current gift well. It's the parable of the talents. Some have given one, some have given two, some have given ten. Who has used their gift well? I've spoken to people who desperately want a different gift because they're jealous of another person's gift. They wouldn't tell me that, but you can see it all over them. And they desire the other gift. And what they don't realize is that God rewards faithfulness, not jealousy. God rewards faithfulness, not jealousy. So when you live in jealousy, God can't reward you. There's nothing he can do for you. But when you live in faithfulness... God will pour down blessings because he needs faithful men and women of God who are desirous to serve them in whatever gift he has given you. He says, oh, yeah, there's someone that needs another gift right there because they're using that gift I gave them already to glorify me. The question we must ask ourselves, am I faithful to what God has given me? It's interesting, when I began in ministry and even before ministry, I started in business, and I really feel like the gift that God really gave to me was service. I served well. I could serve really, really well. And then I had this gift kind of of administration, and I was able to organize certain things. And I hate administration now, so I don't know if that gift disappeared or what, but <laughs> just being honest. But I had this gift of service, and I had this gift of administration. And I was really faithful to those gifts. And, and it's amazing that through the years, all of a sudden, God started giving me the gift of leadership and the gift of teaching. And all of a sudden, I'm starting, I didn't ever, I never wanted anything more. I'll just be honest. I could have been just service and administration and been fine. And Net knows that. I was never seeking. But all of a sudden, God starts to drop more things in your lap because you're faithful with what He has given you. Are you faithful? I also believe there's times in our lives that God distributes more gifts because there's a greater need in the body of Christ. When an area is missing, God will raise up someone else to fill that void. When someone else is not willing to use the gift that God has given, have you ever thought about that thought? When someone else has been given the gift and they're so jealous of someone else's gift that they don't use their own gift that God has given them, all of a sudden God says, well, we're going to have to replace that person with someone else's because that person's not using their gift. So let's give that gift over to... I'm, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Because all of a sudden we get so stuck 
on other people's gifts, we don't use the gift God has given us. The encouragement Paul gives us in this passage of Scripture is use whatever gift you have and use it well. And trust that God has you exactly where he wants you. Now let's look at what Paul writes in verse 22. Are you guys enjoying this? Anybody? Okay. In verse 20, I just want to make sure I'm not just speaking to myself. In verse 22, Paul writes these words. In fact, some body parts or some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And I don't know if you remember this. I really didn't remember this. But in your human anatomy class, uh, you might have studied the uh, pituitary gland. You know what I'm talking about, the pituitary gland? It's, it's in your brain, located deep into your brain, behind the nose of your bridge. It weighs less than an ounce, and it's about the size of a pea. It's really, really, really small. And I don't know, you probably, when was the last time you thought about that gland? Anybody here? Yeah, probably no one ever thinks about it. There's a couple people, okay, nurse or doctor, yes. Should have known. But we really don't think about it. But as I understand, and i got to be careful because I have a doctor in the house. As I understand, basically, it governs a lot of the hormones of your body and the chemicals within your body. It governs how all of your other glands operate and function. It controls the growth of your body, your metabolism, your reproduction system, how you respond to stress, and even labor at childbirth. It's an important gland. It's vitally important for your body to function correctly. But you never see it, and most of us never think about it. But without that pituitary gland operating properly, your body doesn't function well. And it should remind us of the body of Christ. If our spiritual gift is not operating properly, if it's out of alignment, then we are not only hurting ourselves, but we're hurting other members in the body of Christ. I want you to catch that. I want you to really grab a hold of that because this one gland in your brain operates so many of the other glands in your body. And if that goes haywire, guess what? We don't see it. We don't recognize it. It's the size of a pea. weighs less than an ounce, but it's so very important to the body. See, we sometimes discount our importance in the body of Christ. And God would like you to say, hey, wake up. You're important. You might not be on stage. You might not be, you know, visible and senior, but you're so important to the body of Christ. Without you, guess what? It doesn't work well. The body doesn't function well. See, when we don't use our gift in the proper way, when we don't remain in alignment, we're not just hurting ourselves. We're hurting others in the body of Christ. God has given us a gift to serve others. Say that, serve others. Our diversity working together in unity is what makes the church functions well. Paul writes that we need to pay attention and protect those body parts that are more hidden and require more care so that we can function properly. Look at what Paul writes in verses 25 and 26. He says, This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Are you glad for others who succeed? Yes. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. It kind of reminds me of what Paul writes in Romans 12 when he says, Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. We are the body of Christ. We love one another. 
Jealousy and indifference should never be a part of the disposition of the church. It should not be there. We should support one another, care for one another, love one another, cheer each other on. So in this whole journey of glorifying God by following after Jesus. In the last part of this chapter, Paul gives us a, a, um, a list of different appointments that God has given the church. And again, I don't believe it's a comprehensive list, but Paul seems to give some ranking to the different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. So he, he kind of gives some hierarchy, some importance to it. I don't know if it should be defined as ranking of importance or um, like what we talked a while back about order. The first three seem to be the communication gifts, which maybe are listed in higher order because that's the way that God communicates to his people. It's interesting that teachers and prophets and, and evangelists, I don't think evangelists are listed in this group, but um, teachers, prophets, and apostles are listed higher in this listing, are listed higher than those who do miracles and healings. It's interesting to me. But if you think about the ministry of Jesus, we tend to place a lot of importance on the miracles. I've seen a lot of miracle chasers, and I love miracles. I want to see more miracles in, in our church. I love miracles. But I see a lot of miracle chasers, but yet I see that these gifts are listed higher than those who perform miracles. But if you read through the Gospels, you'll recognize that Jesus spent most of his time teaching. We forget that. The miracles happen because of his compassion for people. And it also opened up the door to open up people's ears to hear the teaching. See, teaching is important. The gospel is important. How can you proclaim the gospel? That's one of the greatest gifts you could ever have, is to proclaim the gospel. And it's not just your pastor. I'm preaching a bunch to save people here, okay? If you're not, we're going to get you saved by the end of the service, okay? So don't worry. But really, it's your job as the body of Christ to be out in the marketplace proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. It's a gift. Ask for that gift. The chapter ends with a series of questions from the Apostle Paul. We're almost done. You have nowhere to go. It's raining outside, so don't worry. (laughs) Paul writes, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Paul goes on listing other spiritual gifts. And the Greek word that's translated there are can also be translated not. It's a negative particle of the speech in the Greek. So it could be translated not all apostles, not all teachers, not all prophets. The idea that Paul is presenting is that we don't all have the same spiritual gifts. We're different. Then Paul ends with verse 31, which seems to almost almost undo what Paul said. Paul's sometimes confusing, okay? Let me just say it right up. It seems like he goes, hey, don't be jealous about everybody else's gifts. Don't be seeking other gifts. Use the gift that you have. And then all of a sudden, Paul says this. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Well, wait a minute, Paul. I thought you just said be comfortable with what gift you have. Now he says, wait a minute. You should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. And that's leading into next week's message. Because that belongs in the next chapter, chapter 13, about the gift of love. And we're going to talk about that next week. The last um, Bible scholars on that first part, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Bible scholars have differing opinions about that first half of that verse. 
Some state it should be seen from a corporate viewpoint, that the church should desire higher gifts within the church. Maybe. I don't know. And I really don't know some of this. I'm working through some of this stuff myself. Others think that it should be read affirmatively or translated in this way. It should be say, you earnestly desire higher gifts, but I will show you a more excellent way. And as I was praying about that, because I really want the word of God to resonate in my heart and my life and into your heart and into your life. What, God, what, are you trying to, what is Paul trying to say and what are you trying to say through Paul to us? And for me, I would say that there is nothing wrong with desiring higher gifts. I want you to catch this. If your heart is not about personal gain, but about helping others. If you're desiring a higher gift so you can have more notoriety, no, not so much. But if you're desiring a higher gift because you really desire to help people, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Because we boil it all down, Paul's main theme in this entire chapter is for our spiritual gifts to be used to help others. If you desire greater gifts because you want to help people in greater ways, then my encouragement to you is be faithful to the gift that you have. And I think that's what Paul is trying to tell each and every one of us. Be faithful to the gift that God has already given you and watch what God will do. And I just close with this thought because I think it's Paul's thought for all of us. Let's be the body of Christ. And let's serve one another. And God has given us, God gave at least 30 people here the ability to hold a paintbrush. I saw it yesterday. It was amazing. It's like, whoo, we're painting a fence. And we were serving together. And it took me an hour after I got home yesterday to get all the black paint off my hands and off my shoulder and off my eye and and that kept on discovering more paint on me. Every place I was at, man, did you paint the fence or paint you? Yeah, I painted both. But the spiritual gifts been given to us, not for our gain, but for his gain. So that we can serve one another. Are you thankful for the gifts that you have? If you are, stand with me today because I want to just end today with worship. I know the band, the worship team has a powerful, some powerful worship that we're going to end with today. At the very end of the service, after worship, if you need prayer, some people will be down here. Because I never want to miss the opportunity to pray over the needs of people. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that your word says it will not return void. Meaning that as it is spoken out in truth. That, God, it will, it will impact lives. It will change us. And I'm so grateful that your word is living and active. That, God, it is continually changing our hearts and our minds so that we could be more and more like you. I am so grateful that you are my Lord, that you are my Savior, that you are the King of kings. That, Lord God, that you love me, that you care for me, that you died for me because I couldn't die for myself. You had to die and forgive me of my sins. God, I am grateful to you today. I am grateful for the power of your spirit that lives within me to guide me and to help me through difficult times. I'm grateful that your spirit, Lord God, gives me gifts to help others. Thank you for that, God. We are a grateful people, and we love you, and we serve you today, and we praise you today. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everyone said, Amen. Let's worship together as the body of Christ right now.
Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.